Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast on spiritual direction and spiritual companionship. I'm Anne Lancaster. Thank you for listening. Learn more about our work and the work of spiritual direction and spiritual companionship on our website, sdicompanions.org. In this week's episode, SDI's Reverend Seifu and Matt Whitney discuss what it means to belong to the SDI community, particularly when things get challenging. In our ongoing SDI community dialogue around diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and belonging, we'd like to focus more intensively on the belonging part. SDI has envisioned our community as a public square of spiritual companionship in which we gather as spiritual directors and companions from an array of faith traditions and spiritual orientations. Though sometimes this process can be messy and uncomfortable, SDI will always be a place for anyone who shares our passion and commitment to our common calling. All right, so let me just ask some direct questions based on things you've named. Do you see embedded privilege at SDI that needs rooting, excavating? I see embedded privilege in most of us, me included, obviously. And it's different kinds of privilege. Some of it is defensive privilege, right? Defensive privilege, I mean, we're protecting ourselves, we're protecting our psychic integrity somehow, and we, we want to be heard. And maybe we want to be heard turns into we expect to be heard and we expect to be heard turns into we demand. And that's when, you know, we can get loud and insistent. Are there various kinds of privilege? Since there are in each of us as individuals, then any, by definition, any organization that we're part of also has certain privileges embedded into them. I would say not distinct from the people that make it up, but, you know, if, if an organization was created by a bunch of Zen Buddhists for the purpose of calligraphy around how do you represent the universe, right? The ends of those circles that, that we made. Is there a, some amount, some privilege there? Yes, of course. It's a Zen Buddhist organization that uses the ends as its manifestation. And there's a set of rules around how you express certain things. Now, if I invite someone who's not part of the Zen Buddhist tradition into that circle, and they don't share the same assumptions, I mean, they're going to struggle. They're going to say, what the hell is this circle? And what does it mean? And what do you mean by the infinite? And what do you mean by the ultimate? And I'm just using that as an example that you can configure in any, in any religious or spiritual direction. Does that make any sense or not? It does, yeah. Because I've, I've been to a few of your Zen gatherings, shindigs, and I felt very out of place and very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, when I don't, I don't have the robes, I don't have the postures, I don't know the, the rules. And as much as you tell me, like, it's okay, like, it's okay, we're all fumbling through this together. And I know that, but I'm still, I still feel out of place. And so I, I think maybe I do understand what you're talking about. Let's talk about the demographics for, for a moment of SDI. So, yeah. because SDI was formed 30 plus years ago by Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. It had in its mission statement that it was a Christian organization. And now it doesn't. That's changed. That's shifted. Uh, we still have a very large contingent of Christians and Catholics, Christians of all kinds in our organization. But other orientations have also 
become manifest, right? But most of all, that's spiritual but not religious. And so for the, for that Roman Catholic person who has been with SDI for a long time and sees a shifting, changing landscape at SDI and is asking themselves, do I still belong here? Or even longs for the old SDI, which I've heard before from people. What would you say to that person? I would say the Catholic means universal and universal means all inclusive. I would point it to the meaning of the word Catholic. And that inclusive means that whatever good news you want to share, it's good news for the world. It's good news for everybody. And then it's a skillful means conversation that you can have that later. But SDI remains a space that is deeply welcoming of its original cohort and we speak that language we make offerings that are tailored to that part of our community as we do to other parts of our community too right and that's another expression of diversity but in terms of your question is are they welcome of course they are. And, and why wouldn't they be the welcome needs to extend further because it needs to extend to everybody but I think that is the main intent behind all of the world religions, as far as my understanding goes, is that they are invitational and inclusive, certainly in the ideal sense. We hope that members see that welcome manifest in our programming, mm-hmm. right? So in the courses we offer, in the webinars, but also in the, the presenters too. Can you speak to that for a moment? We try to have diverse viewpoints represented in all of our teaching staff, the course presenters, the webinar presenters, our keynote speakers at conferences. And so you'll see Catholics and you'll see Christians of various denominations. You'll see our Jewish community represented, Buddhists, spiritual independents increasingly are well represented in our various offerings, Muslims, among among many others, right? And, um, we have a course where we actually explore spiritual companionship from 10 or 11 different perspectives. And that's really the focus that we, whenever we put a course together or an educational offering, is that it be, first of all, invitational to all, even if it's rooted in one faith tradition, say we do a, an offering on the Ignatian Way, right? And the examen and the exercises. That even though that comes out of the Catholic tradition, the Jesuit tradition in particular, that it is invitational to everybody. If I was to offer a Buddhism and spiritual companionship course, even though it would come out of the Buddhist tradition, it would be broadly invitational. So there's that dimension. And then we, of course, we have offerings where we're covering multiple bases at once. Because the more people shed light on something, the better we can all see it. And to go back to your original question, I think of people like Raimundo Panikar and Houston Smith. You know, in the case of, of Raimundo, he was a Catholic priest and remained a deeply committed Christian his entire life. Even as he explored more and more deeply his Hindu roots and Vedantic roots and Buddhist roots and other roots as well. And he and Houston Smith both said that the more they explored, the more their own roots were strengthened. So one, one uh, answer to how does diversity help is that it helps us in our own root tradition. 
the more exposed we are to diversity, the more comfortable we become in our own skin. So let me flip that coin a little bit and come back to another workshop that happened at the conference, Ilya Thilio and a couple of other presenters. And that workshop, those presentations were very much offered and named so from their Christian traditions, yeah. that their work was very much rooted in their Christian traditions. And people in our community who do not identify as Christian kind of rub them the wrong way. Yeah. So you mentioned skillful means a moment ago. How might we engage in interfaith dialogue in a way that is generative and hospitable? The best way to show that we're accommodating multiple viewpoints is to have multiple viewpoints represented in our courses, in our webinars, in our and on stage. If that happens, then everyone's voice is heard. Everyone's voice is manifest. And then it's less likely that there's going to be strong reactions. It's when there's a perceived bias in favor of one over the others that people who don't belong to a particular tradition may get triggered and respond strongly. As in certain assumptions have been made on my behalf that I'm not comfortable with. I think having multiple voices represented in all of our dialogues is, is a good way to go. And we can certainly be more intentional about making sure that is so in the future. At the same time, everyone has the right to be who they are. You don't have to sacrifice your identity to enter the public square at SDI. If you're a Buddhist priest, you enter as a Buddhist priest, and it's you know, pretty obvious. If you're a Roman Catholic practitioner, follower, or you know, a Muslim, a Jewish, you enter as who you are. You don't sacrifice your identity to enter. And everybody gets to recognize your identity and I'll hopefully honor you for your identity. And that identity means there's, there are certain assumptions that you have, that I have, that we all have as we enter. And that doesn't also mean that I'm speaking personally here. It's like, how do you do things? Oh, well, that's really interesting. I'm, you know, and, and, and everyone, you know, I always learn from these engagements and, and particularly interfaith dialogue and interspiritual dialogue because I'm always learning something that I didn't know. Oh, there's a different way to look at this. Ah, you know, maybe I can learn something here. Maybe there's some tool that I can absorb and use in my own tradition as well, incorporate yeah. into my own tradition. Very often, it's not even incorporate because then you know you get recognition like as in oh we do have this tool in our toolbox it's just dusty and hasn't been brought out to the light of day in a long time contemplative practices of various kinds we see it in the in the contemplative christian uh, movement these days in particular is that there's a lot of focus on contemplative discernment that has not always been at the forefront especially during you know if you have a tradition that spans hundreds, if not thousands of years. Yeah, so let me follow up to that. Is there something that you have learned personally over the past few months, several months, including the conference, and how does that affect how we go forward as an organization? 
Yeah, I'm always constantly learning to walk in somebody else's shoes. And by which I mean that you can, that there's always a new perspective to be appreciated and learned from. You know, I, I always use this example about if you go into a restaurant and, and you get a waiter who's being really rude to you and dismissive and irritable and just not focused on, on his work for whatever reason, and you get angry about it, you complain to the manager, and then the manager says, well, you know, he had to come into work, but his mother died this morning. Your perspective on that person and their behavior would shift instantly from anger and aggression to conciliation and appreciation and empathy. And I think that's a key learning that I keep making all the time is that there's always room for, to understand each other better because we don't, each of us don't know what the other person is carrying. So, and sometimes that's very, for reasons of safety, is, is deeply buried and protected, right? But occasionally it'll, you know, pop out in some way. And, and, and other people can easily misinterpret what's coming out. And it's, it's some old trauma or some new trauma, right? Like, I lost my mother this morning or my father this morning or someone who I loved this morning. And I can't tell you that because it's not part of our, our conversation if I'm attending under the table. Yeah. And so it appears that we're more affected by something that was really the root of that is some hidden, some hidden pain. There's always deeper understanding that can be achieved. Always, always. Even and probably especially with people with whom we disagree most intensely. And we may not agree with them at the end of the process anyway, but in the, pro in the process we will learn something more about them and about ourselves too. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org.